Hello, I'm Sharon Wallace of ICWP, and welcome to Center Stage, a program for the International Center for Women Playwrights, a virtual nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting women playwrights around the world. Center Stage celebrates the work of members by showcasing excerpts of their work, followed by an interview where we can hear about their ideals and sometimes their process. Hello, I'm Jenny Monday, and in this Center Stage, we have Sharon Wallace reading an excerpt from her play, 1967. Sharon is one of our member playwrights living in the United States. To begin with, we have Sharon reading from the play. Sharon's work is copyright, and if you're interested in performing any of her plays, you can contact her through womenplaywrights.org. Here is Sharon reading from 1967. The title of the play is 1967. Time, summer of 1967, over the course of two days in July. Place, Joyce Martin's two-bedroom flat on West Grand Avenue in Detroit, Michigan. The flat is neat and modestly furnished, The flat is located on Detroit's west side. A television is by the window, a family portrait of E.G., Joyce, and Kenny sits on top of the TV. A magazine rack is near the front door. A couch is against the wall and matching chair is near the television set. Act 1, Scene 1. E.G. and Joyce Martin are in the flat the first day of the riot. E.G. is packing his clothing into a duffel bag. Joyce is washing dishes in the kitchen. Joyce. Kenny will be up soon. E.G. I know. Joyce. I want you gone by then. E.G. What are you going to tell him? Joyce, the truth. E.G., quietly. What's that? Joyce, you moved out. E.G., oh. Joyce, that's what you're doing, ain't it? Moving out? E.G., I don't know. Joyce, well, I do. I don't want you living here anymore. E.G., I ain't moving. You're kicking my ass out. That's the truth. Joyce, what's the damn difference? You gotta go. There's more to it than me kicking your black ass out. E.G., why? Joyce, and there's more to it than you're packing your bags and leaving. E.G., is it? Joyce. You haven't lived here in years, E.G. What are you trying to say, Joyce? I don't know you. You were only pretending to be my husband, E.G. I pay the bills, Joyce. That ain't enough, E.G. You want too much. It ain't easy, Joyce. 
ain't nothing easy no more. E.G. Yeah, blame me. Joyce. Ain't mentioned your name, but E.G. I know you, Joyce. Joyce, don't start lying. You ain't had a drink yet. And take that gun with you when you leave. E.G. You counting the fucking beers? The gun stays in the closet. What if I get stopped? The riot has the cops looking off at all of us like we're criminals. Joyce. Guns ain't nothing but trouble. E.G. The gun stays in the closet. What if the police stop me? They'd haul my ass down to jail. Joyce. That ain't my problem. E.G. It never is. Joyce. I'm scared to go out of the house. E.G. The gun stays. It ain't safe out there with snipers on folks' rooftops. Joyce, it ain't them I'm worried about. If you'd come back, I might need it. E.G., when can I come by and see Kenny? Joyce, I ain't thought about that yet. E.G., I'm his daddy. I have rights. Joyce, no, you ain't. Kenny hasn't seen you in weeks. E.G., I don't want him in the streets. I want us to. Joyce, you don't know what you want. E.G., it's always been you. Joyce, it's too late. You won't change. E.G., it was the war. Joyce, it's the war's fault. E.G., what else could it be? Joyce, first thing in the morning, you. E.G., beer dulls the pain. At least I ain't complaining all damn day. That's all you and Cece do is bitch about me and Bill. Joyce, how you know when you out all night? E.G., Bill don't come home every night. Joyce, really? Bill ain't my husband. Ain't you packed yet? E.G., no. Joyce, let me help you. E.G., why are you in such a hurry? You expecting company? Joyce, that ain't your business. Make sure you have everything. E.G., I'm done. Joyce, good. Leave now. Kenny, hey, Daddy. E.G., what's going on, son? Kenny, nothing. Where are you going? E.G., I gotta go. Ask your mama. Kenny, mama, end of scene. Now we have a short interview with Sharon, and I started with the question, what happens next in the play? Uh, well, next in that play is the day of the riots, the 1967 uh, riots uh, in Detroit. So uh, next in the play, the next scene is 
is Kenny, the, the teenage son. He's about, I believe, uh, 15, 16 years old. And his friend Tyrone come over and then they have an exchange. And at the house, they talk and Kenny, uh, Tyrone tells Kenny what has happened because, you know, the riot and people are going out, taken to the streets. And so the two teenage boys go out in the street to see what's going on. So they become really a part of of the scene of the riot and going about the streets. And they themselves get caught up uh, in the action. So it's it's a play where there's a lot of conflict uh, with turmoil in the family uh, with the husband and wife and you know he is dealing with the aspects of the war and that trauma and sort of being an absentee father in the house but not really in the house because he's not that engaged uh, with his wife and his son and and all of that um, kind of relationship problems that uh, they are having uh, as a couple. Um, what was it that made you write this play? I mean, it's 1967, so it's a piece of history. Um, was there another motivation for it? Yes, well, actually, the play started out, well, the stories began as, as a short story. I wrote it up first as a short story. But then I was working on um, a master's and my thesis, I wanted to write a play. And I thought about this story. And I, I was a child when this riot happened. And the short story itself was taken on my experience of coming home from visiting relatives with with my mother and her first cousin at, we were in Akron, Ohio and coming back on the Greyhound bus. And when we arrived in Detroit, that was the first day of the full blown riot. And we, of course, they, we didn't know anything had happened. We had heard nothing about it. And we were trying to obey my parent, my mother and her cousin. They were trying to catch a taxi, you know, to take us home. And there were no taxis at, at the stand, at the cab stand. And so it's kind of based off of uh, my uh, recollection of what was occurring at that time. So I just built a story around uh, the happenings and, and kind of created characters and and built on that dynamics, of course, the Vietnam War was going on during that time. And, you know, that put a strain on relationships and just, you know, was racially, you know, things going on, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, the lack of residence for people to live and, you know, the economy. So it was just a mixture of of everything so I thought it would be a great story to you know place uh, people in and and have them work through a a variety of different conflicts and using the metaphor of the of the riot itself to to um, kind of shine 
and build on as far as the relationships with the people and and their best friends, Cece and Bill, and the close bond that they have, Bill and E.G. served in the war together. And of course, the, the women bond while the, the men were at war. And, and Tyrone has his, Kenny's friend, has his own drama, um, you know, coming from a single family and trying to navigate his life uh, through that as well. So they get kind of caught up uh, in all of that. So they all have something to kind of um, overcome many different, many different things to overcome throughout the play. It sounds um, very contemporary. You know, when we think mm-hmm. of recent, it's quite tragic really to think that that's 1967 and yet you could stage it today and it would have plenty to say. Well, uh, absolutely, because thinking about the play now, I really have my mind set on building a trilogy because there's another play that is, this play is complete, but, you know, I've been rewriting and tweaking it for a time. And there's another play that I have and the same thing is complete as well. And, you know, still rewriting and tweaking it, but, and then there's a, a, a third play that is not as developed. It is, is still in the very early stages. But I see how that I, it, to navigate the characters, to move them from one story to the next, move E.G. And, 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 and Joyce and Kenny as an adult into the next story, have them all evolve into this trilogy and, and come full circle. And, and be more hopeful at the end uh, in the last play because they there's a there's a theme so they are related so that's that's how I see I see a much larger picture in connecting these three plays together and possibly that's why they they have been in incubation creative incubation and I've just been you know, thinking about them for a number of years and how I want to um, develop them further and and kind of fuse them together in a, in a trilogy because I think that it will work so well. And because it is very current today and moves some of the, the issues, which are really piggybacking off of what occurred in 1967. Sharon, you said that the the play that you read a section from started as a short story. Is that normally your process? Do you start with a um, a piece of uh, prose and then develop it into a play, or what? What is your process? I would say that I, I do start from a, a piece of prose, sometimes poetry, because poetry is in this play. Uh, Kenny is a poet, and and uh, so, yes, it, it does spring from prose, things that I, ideals that I've uh, written out, uh, you know, in my journals. So I would say yes, as, as a little story or as a poem, you know, uh, yes, I would say that would be my process. Mm-hmm. And, and then how do you develop it into 
um, the sense of dialogue and and place? Well, you know, as far as dialogue and place, I tend to develop the characters. I like to think about my characters for quite a long time and let it live with me. And, you know, I have all these journals and, and pieces of paper that I, I write dialogue, uh, dialogue in. And I kind of build from there, you know, uh, short dialogues in the journal, you know, before I begin to type it and see how it works or uh, what, what a character is, try to develop something there. So I use my journals a great deal in the process of developing dialogue, uh, place, uh, you know, character, et cetera, whatever thoughts that may come up regarding ideals, issues, et cetera. So journaling would be my major uh, process for my ideals and, and, and just letting it, letting it um, live with me. And perhaps just to finish off, um, what are you working on now? What, what sort of things are you, uh, are in the pipeline for you at the moment? Well, at, at the moment, um, I would say at the moment, it would be the, the second play. The second play, because I feel as though that I try, I'm trying to make a decision if I want to rewrite the whole thing or cent- is centered in Detroit again, of course, and the main character there is related to CC and 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 E.G. Um, and she's come up from the north here to live with them. And I've placed her in a situation. So I'm trying to think through if I want to keep her in a situation that she's faced with, her conflict, or change it all together. So I haven't quite decided. Um, I had her um, battling um, AIDS in that conflict uh, when I initially started writing that particular piece about five years ago, uh, AIDS in in the Black community. So that was uh, her conflict. So I haven't quite decided yet if I want to stick with that or move her into some other, have her face some other issue. And, and, And the third play, which um, I started in many years ago also um, when I began that play it's more futuristic and I was trying to write it you know uh, thinking about what life would be like or what I envisioned these characters uh, will hope life to be like in 30 years or so so it's more of a futuristic piece and coming out all of this. And it's so fitting because that's where we are now coming out of this. We don't know what it's going to look like. Hopefully something better. You know, we can be hopeful. And that's what the third piece is and how they would come full circle into uh, a dawn of a new day a better day, uh, a more enlightened 
uh, society, you know, for humanity. So that's where I see the third piece headed. That's where I want to take it. That's where it is right now. And, and yeah. I think it's always nice when we can have the redemption at the end of the. Yes. Yeah. And I think they they certainly deserve the redemption and and are hungry for the redemption of all of these characters, because it's it's an enormous struggle uh, that they encounter in 1967 and and in the other play uh, also, which is titled uh, A Long Way Home. And. And certainly she's trying to find her way back. Well, one of my mentors who I, of course, only met through reading about her was uh, uh, Lorraine Hansberry. And something that always struck me, you know, something that she said is, you know, to tell our stories. And that's what I hope to do in my work is to tell the stories of the community that I know and that I live in and and how uh, they are, they live their lives and and to tell their stories with an authentic voice. Thanks very much to Sharon Wallace for meeting with me via Zoom. Sharon is one of our members from the United States Thanks for listening in to Centre Stage. We'll be having more podcasts soon.